Good morning, everyone. Today is Friday, April 30th, and Zach Wilson is a New York Jet. Uh, what's up, Tom? I'm just, I'm living the dream. <laughs> I'm living the I, dream I mean, of not not regretting every single move the Jets made last night on draft night for the first time in yeah, a real long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it more, but at this point, as a fan, you just have, I mean, there's nothing else you could do. You just have to buy into Zach Wilson. Like you can't do anything else. It's just yeah. you, you kind of ride, ride the ride the ride the ride until it's over. Um, but uh, we have a lot to talk about in the first round. Uh, I think it was one of the most interesting drafts. Um, yeah, that I'll we've give seen. You that. <laughs> and then obviously, uh, I mean, so when I, I did uh, I did a live stream. I hosted half a live stream last night and. Um, all the guys I was with, they're all Packers fans. Oh, and so, it, I mean, I, I really didn't even get to talk about the draft until the draft came up. Um, I also didn't know that the Packers situation was that bad. Um, I got a quick lesson of schooling in how much the Packers fans hate the front office. Um, so that was interesting. Um but Aaron Rodgers is still a Packer, and until he officially gets traded, I don't see him um, doing anything. I mean, he could actually host uh, – I don't know who it was, if it was uh, Scott Van Pelt or one of the ESPN guys tweeted. They're like, um, they're bringing Rodgers in for like uh, to be the final guy for Jeopardy, and they're like, I mean, it actually could work out for him that he could literally just sit out this season and be the Jeopardy host. Yeah, I mean, the guy loves Jeopardy and loves everything about the game. He said he had a ton of fun doing it. Like, if he were to hold out, he's going to bring in some income with Jeopardy, I guess. Yeah, so I guess we'll kind of start out with that. Um, so I, before or while everything was happening, uh, we had one of our guys. Uh, he he was plugged in with someone from uh, the Broncos. And so before the draft even started, he was like, it's almost a done deal to Denver. Um, I, I assume it would have been the ninth pick, but it never officially went through and we kind of just forgot about it. Um, and now I'm of the same uh, thing that I think I am with Deshaun Watson now. Um, I, he's going to be a Packer. Uh, I mean, I don't there. I don't even if you didn't trade him last night, what are you going to trade him for? Yeah. Um, so I, I just I, your thoughts on that. Uh, like I said, I had no idea it was that bad up there, um, but uh, it's it's interesting for sure. So what, what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, we, we kind of knew there were these rumblings that he was unhappy. I mean, we've talked about him on here and how they don't get him weapons and how he refused to negotiate contract, renegotiate contracts and everything. Um, I knew it was getting to the point where he was going to want a trade. And then I saw the report from uh, Mark Schrader, I think it was, reported it on uh, Denver radio that the deal was almost done. And then we saw nine come and go, and he still was a Packers. So the the fact that they have to now work with only futures to, to do the trade and lower end picks for this year's draft, it, it does make you think like he's going to stay a Packer. So, yeah, I, hmm. I, 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 it all really surprised me. Um, uh, apparently, he wants to go to the West Coast, so Denver made sense. And then, so as Denver was uh, like on the clock, and they just made their pick, I was, I wish you were watching the live stream. With, uh, I, I was like so confused, I couldn't get my words together. I was like, wait, so the Broncos are picking, but this is going to the Packers, I, and none of it just ended up mattering. So, 
Yeah. I have no idea where that's going to go in the future. Uh, well, like just, it, it would have made a little more sense, and that it still could be open to trade if Denver had took a quarterback in nine. Like if they yeah. knew that well, the Packers, but like they have Jordan Love, so then yeah, you don't yeah, really I, know what they would have uh, done. So word out of the Packers is that they were they, they when they were offering it up uh, Rogers up yesterday, they didn't need a quarterback in return. They were fine with. Love, which is, I mean, interesting if you're a Packers fan, you get to go from basically the greatest talented quarterback we may have ever seen uh, to Jordan Love, who literally got drafted at the end of the first round, just because I think the front office hates Aaron Rodgers and wanted to piss him off. Well, so, and so like with that, I, I kind of <laughs> just <laughs> um, what I was going to say was with that, like if they are comfortable having Jordan Love as their starting quarterback. There he is. If they're comfortable having Jordan Love as their starting quarterback, then the biggest need that we saw the Packers try to address last night was cornerback opposite Jair Alexander. And surprisingly, the the Broncos took Patrick Sertain. So in theory, maybe that trade line is still open because if they can do a Stokes and Rodgers for Sertain and a crap load of picks and whatever else – you want to throw yeah, in there that still may be open yeah I, I i guess it's just like you said it's different because it it has to be it, it's future picks now and uh I, I don't know how much teams are going to be willing to give up for rogers considering uh I, I don't know when is he a free agent like is he is it coming up or uh, uh i want to say two maybe three years so he's still under contract. So, yeah, I just don't see him leaving Green Bay. Uh, I know they have a bad relationship, but, I mean, uh, at some point it's just going to come to a stalemate. And uh, Oh, there's a potential out after this season. Um, but if he doesn't – I don't know if it's a club out or if it's a Rodgers out. But if the out is not taken, then it's an additional two years, a 25 mil. Uh, yeah, so I guess – uh, one of the things flying around around this Aaron Rodgers thing was that they told him during uh, the offseason that they were going to trade him. And they kind of backed off uh, of trading him. And so it kind of came to the point, I guess, yesterday, Musa came to the point where he was like, okay, you told me I was going to be traded. It's going to be, it's the draft now. Like, you're going to be able to get what you, the most you can get for me during the draft. And he kind of came out and said that. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, it's it's um, and and I think y- you saw the repercussions of what uh, Aaron Rodgers did. I think you saw that already change the way pe- teams started drafting. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, Jaguars who took Trevor Lawrence. Who did they take? Twenty fifth, Trevor Etienne. I think uh, front offices are now realizing that uh, their quarterbacks need to have a lot more say than they do. So. I think that uh, that helped with them. I also think Joe Burrow probably wanted Jamar Chase because I I was very surprised that I I wanted them to go with Sewell. I think that was perfect for them, um, but they didn't. Um, So I think there were two other We saw the reunion of Jalen Hurts with Devonta Smith, and we saw the reunion of Tua with Waddle. Yeah, so – I, I don't know if that's a direct like uh, like reaction to the Aaron Rodgers thing, but I, I it, it probably means something. I mean, quarterback is going to end up being probably the most powerful position in all of sports. Uh, I, I yeah. Other than other than like the individualized people in the NBA uh, uh, in football, uh, 
it does doesn't seem like there's uh, anything yeah. to do with that. But well, um, I don't know if it's going to be more of a power thing, but like I think that NFL GMs are starting to realize that their quarterbacks need to be comfortable with the talent around them, and yeah. like. My, my dad brought up this point last night when we were doing pre-draft talk and everything. I was making a big deal about uh, – we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, how he wanted trades and trade out and everything. And I was like, yeah, they haven't built around him. They haven't taken any weapons. They don't have anyone around him. And my dad made the point, a very simple point. He was like, hey, you know, who who's their number one receiver? Devonta Adams. Is he top 10 in the league? I'm like, probably top five. He's like, top five. That's not a weapon. What about their running back? Who's their running back? I'm like, Aaron Jones. And he's like, is he top 10 in the league? I'm like, yeah, probably. He's a little inconsistent. But yeah, he's a top 10 running back in the league. So he's like, so you have two guys, top 10, and one of them being top five at their position, and you're saying they don't have weapons. And I'm like, you know what? That's a really fair point. But he's just not comfortable with the rest of the offense. And, I mean, yes, this this year was different, I guess. But, I mean – I think I saw it like the past 10 years in the draft for the Packers in the first round, nine of them have been defensive players. Um, like uh, the one in uh, the one offensive the player was a quarterback. Like, Yeah. So I understand Aaron Rodgers being frustrated. Um, I would be too. Um, he basically got back to sit back and watch Tom Brady win six Super Bowls, all while knowing that he is the far superior actually athlete. Yeah. Um, so I understand that. And I, I have no idea where he's going to go. I'm sure Elway, if you asked him, he'd probably give up the next seven first round picks for him <laughs> because Elway has been trying to find the next Peyton Manning since Peyton Manning left. But well, and I'm uh, honestly really surprised that the Packers didn't even listen to San Francisco because apparently San Francisco offered three and a couple of other picks and they basically yeah. hung up the phone on a mid sentence. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you could have landed Kyle Pitts uh, out of that, I mean, I, that that would have been huge. But I mean, Sertain's still a good player, but um, whatever. Uh, yeah. We should probably actually get to the actual draft now. Yes. Um, I, I don't think anyone was surprised with one or two, but uh, I'll let you uh, share your feelings on Zach Wilson. Like I said, I think we all yeah. knew from about a week ago that it was going to be that pick. Um, so I guess, I, I, how do you feel about that? Um, like I said, you kind of just have to buy in. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I started doing a lot more research on him the past week, and like, I sort of see what the hype's about, but like, hype is hype. It's not set in stone that he's going to be what the hype says he's going to be. So I'm excited for sure, just because like it's always nice to get a new face in town, and he seems like a really electric guy that's going to buy into the New York media and the New York spotlight. Hopefully. I mean, who knows? One of the biggest things we, we, uh, me and my guys talked about last night was it's going to be a culture shock for him going to New York. 100%. From Provo, Utah, for it to go to New York. I mean, that's. Well, and I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, He was next to Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith, and they were like throwing up hand signs or whatever during pictures. And he's like kind of looking around, he's kind of staring at him. He looks scared, in all honesty. Yeah, and I'm it, like, it, you're going to see a ton I, of that here, yo. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I hope he's good. And I, I guess, like I said it last night, that really was the, the Jets' only option, I think, because with guys like um, Fields and uh, Lance and 
Jones to a certain extent, they're kind of whittled down to what the scheme is around them. Um, whereas I think Zach Wilson was the only other quarterback in this draft other than Lawrence uh, capable of kind of um, doing it by himself. Like he didn't need to have the right system or anything like that. He just yeah. can go in and hopefully kind of work um, for the Jets. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, Coach Sala is going to uh, build a good, they, he, they already had built up a super solid receiving court for him. I mean, we, we have Mims now along with Corey Davis who had a, good year this year. And then Jamison Crowder running out of the slot. It's a lot better than anything that the Jets gave Darnold. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll skip ahead to the eighth pick real quick. Uh, I think everyone was surprised that Carolina took Horn. I, 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 what, once they took Horn um, and obviously we'll talk about what the Browns did. um, I thought there was absolutely no chance. I was like, certain's going to go next. Certain went next. And then there was a pause on all defensive backs, which yeah, I, th- I really, really thought the Cardinals me. were going to take him at 16. I, I like Zayvon Collins. Uh, he was, it was too early to take him at 16. Um, and he, he's a great story. That's awesome. I, I can't believe they took him at 16. I can't believe, uh, I can't believe, first of all, <laughs> the giants, what are we doing? New York? Like, my God. It hurt me. I talked, it, it really I, hurt me. I talked to Ryan a little bit last night after I hopped off the live stream and uh, he was like, yeah, I'm sick to my stomach. I, I I mean, there were so many other players there at 20 that they could have gone with that w- would have been such a better choice. Well, and not only stuff. that, they got exactly the guy that they were supposedly looking at fall into their lap. They did the move. They did the right thing, traded down, got a first and a couple of other picks in the future. You got everything you wanted. You traded down and you're right in quitty pay territory. The guy that they were supposedly looking at for an entire week before the draft at 10 or 11, whatever they had at 11. And now he's in your lap at 20 after you just got a crap ton of stuff. And you're like, nah, I'm going with Kadarius Tony. I, I like, I want to say that Daniel Jones had to be a part of something to be like, you have to draft this guy, but. Daniel Jones, first of all, he doesn't seem like that type of guy. I don't know how well he knows Kadarius Tone. It, 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 it's, uh, I, it was very weird. Uh, like, Even if they were going wide out, like you go Bateman in that situation. Yeah, it's it, uh, it, it, just Kadarius yeah. Tooney just doesn't make sense. Like I have seen it. I saw him mocked at at not pick number twenty, but that was when the Bears had it. Yeah. Um. So I, but I wasn't like fully out on that. But uh, with. <laughs> With the Giants, I mean, you had a quitty pay fall in your lap, and you had a next year's first round, another first round pick next year. So, but um, whatever. Um, and then we could switch to uh, the other team I just mentioned, the Bears. Um, I was very surprised that they moved up. I did yeah. not think they were going to be able to. Um, and then when they moved up, I thought for sure it was going to be Mac Jones. I I thought that it was going to be. I didn't think it was a quarterback, but then, cause like I only saw the trade and then I saw them move up and this was like during a commercial, it switched from giants to bears. And I'm like, wait, what happened? And then they started going into it. I'm like, Oh, they gave up a lot. This is definitely for a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess Chicago has been in that, uh, sort of like purgatory forever now. Like they're just a middling team that can't get bad enough. Uh, to get a high pick and they are average enough where they don't get uh, they, they don't win a playoff game or anything. So, yeah, well, I, let's what go ahead. 
Oh, no, no. If you have more to say, go for it. No, I don't. I don't. Oh, I was going to say, let's, let's go back. We're going back down the list. We didn't talk about the 49ers. This is the most, this was the first pivotal draft pick of the, of the entire draft. Do you think they made the right pick? No, I mean, I think that I would have gone with fields there, but, um, I agree. They, they earned Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch earned some points, uh, just by not drafting Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I think when that when that first came out, I think that news came out, we were all a little shell shocked. By yesterday, I was pretty sure they weren't taking Mac Jones. I was like, they, like this just makes no sense. Um, well, the report like three or four days ago was that they narrowed it down to Jones and Lance, and I'm like, no shot they they ruled out Fields. I thought they were going to shock everyone and take Fields. I didn't. I. I I mean, Trey Lance landing in San Francisco, I mean, it's a dream setup for him. Yeah. He can sit for a year or sit for most of the year behind Garoppolo, um, which also, talk about weird, uh, two FCS quarterbacks on the same team. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) A little interesting. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I think that was a perfect spot for him. Like I said, I would have taken fields. Um but uh, they they did the right thing in not taking Mac Jones. So yeah, I've also heard reports that they're considering using Lance, kind of like a Taysom Hill throughout the year. What do you what do you think about that? Uh, that wouldn't make much sense to me. Uh, yeah, I, I think if if you, if you draft a player number three overall and he's a quarterback, um, you shouldn't be using him like Taysom Hill. Like he should be a quarterback. Yeah. Um, but then again, it doesn't matter because no matter what Kyle Shanahan does, uh, people will just be like, oh, you're a genius. So true. <laughs> he's still one. I, I still think he should have went. He should have just shocked everyone and went with Kyle Pitts at three and just went double tight all year long. Yeah. Just oh. run Kitt- Kittle and Pitts would be so much fun to watch. And and he's like the last coach out there for the most part, other than maybe like McVay and Belichick. But that he could do that, like he could have drafted up to three and took pits, and people would have been like, "Wait, that's genius!" Like he is so yeah. far ahead of the game and thinking it's genius, but uh, they didn't. And uh, I, I do have to respect Atlanta's uh, for taking pits. I, I, I yeah. mean, I, they didn't get trapped into taking um, one of the quarterbacks because yeah. I don't necessarily think their roster is a quarterback away from being like serious contenders, but. But adding another um, weapon to that already scary offense is, yeah. I, yeah the absolutely. only issue that I kind of had with it was I, I saw a meme and I kind of agreed. They're like, oh my, and it said like Falcons fans, oh my God, our defense is terrible. We need to do something to improve our defense. Drafts Kyle Pitts. And I was like, you know, that's kind of true. But at the same time, like there's two ways to win a football game. It's either defensively or you score 49 points so they're 42 points. Like, and and we've seen the game kind of go in the, the latter direction. Like offenses are king right now. Um, yeah. Probably in like probably in like five years, uh, defense will be king again for two or three years. But uh, no, I, I I think Kyle Pitts. Uh, he was the right. I pick. said it last night. I think he was the best player in the draft. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence deserves uh, everything he did in going number one. But I think Kyle Pitts. Uh, I mean. He has a chance to not only be the best tight end of the history of the NFL, but like by far be the best tight end. Yeah, because Matt Ryan really knows how to use the tight ends. So that's that's the thing that's going to help him out early. 
And then when they do have to transition to a younger guy, he's going to be a lot more developed and be that number one target potentially. I mean, I I honestly do think if this pick really actually helps the Falcons out, A, this year and in the future, I think they did a great job there because, I mean, hey, uh, one out of or probably two out of Ridley, Jones, and Pitts are going to need double teamed. So uh, one of those guys should be open 90% of the time. I assume it'll probably start with Pitts. Um, just because he's a rookie, but then they're going to have to start doubling uh, pits because he's going to be beating people. So yeah, well, uh, I, I mean, can't forget about Hayden Hurst. In all honesty, like he's going to be yeah. a great safety dump off guy. And they they have Ido Smith from last year, but they also signed Mike Davis from the Panthers, and he filled in like really, really, really good for McCaffrey. So he could potentially be a running threat, and he's really good out of the backfield. So it's going to be hard to stop the Falcons. In all honesty. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, we say that every year. Um, so I'm a little, still a little bit uh, sketchy to say that. But, I mean, sure. out of the first 10 picks, I thought they, if maybe not the best, they were up there with the best picks. I mean, it, it, I mean, yeah. whoever whoever went to Kyle Pitt, wherever Pitts went was going to be getting a superstar. Um, yeah. But that brings us to the number five pick. And yeah. I talked about it all last night. Uh I mean, it, it was right there for the Bengals to take. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, well, and if they if they take Sully, your offensive line goes to at least the top half in the league. Um, so yeah, between yeah, Williams I, I and him, I'm going to talk about shocked. the the next three picks kind of like in a in a bundle. Like, I truly do think that the Bengals should have taken Sewell because, like, I understand Jamar Chase back with Joe Burrow. They they like each other. They played well together. All that. And yes, now their receiving core is, I think, top 10 in the league minimum because you have Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. I, I mean, that's hard to kind of beat with with just talent-wise. But it's not going to matter if you don't have an offensive line. So they're going to have to go out and kind of find other guys to help build up that line. Then after they didn't take Sewell, I thought for sure the Dolphins were going to take him because right? Tua, Tua – is a lefty. So that's his, that's his front side. That's the side he's going to be rolling out to. You would think they would want a left tackle to, to open up a little more space for him. They end up going with Jalen Waddle, his former receiver who, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, did he look pissed or something when he was drafted? Like he got up, he didn't hug or high five or nothing with his family. He came and shook or Devonta Smith's hand. And then like was pissed during the interview. And when he was taking pictures and stuff, he just looked angry. I didn't see it. I, 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 I didn't see it. I, I really wasn't watching most of the draft. I was just kind of following it and talking about it. Right. Uh, but well, uh, yeah, no, I mean the best, the best picture all night was Trevor Lawrence on the couch at home. I mean, yeah, that was fun. That, that looked like if I was Trevor Lawrence's wife now or mother or father, that looked like the most miserable thing in the world. Like, have some people over Lawrence's like have a party. Like your son's going to be a multimillionaire, but like, Nope, let's just, you know, put on some polos and do a nice family picture in the front of the couch in our million dollar home. I don't know. I just thought he looked miserable. Um, but true. Um, I mean, Jalen Waddle could have been mad. I, I, I don't know. I thought, um, I'll see if I can I, find a picture I, and I'll send it to you. I too thought they should have went with Sewell. I th- I think both of the, I think uh, Cincinnati and Miami went should have gone with Sewell. Yeah. Um, and then the Lions ending the slide and getting Sewell for Jared Goff and the like, like that's a really unflashy pick, but it was the best pick they could have hoped for. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, there's still a ton of wide receiver talent on the board. Uh, I mean, so Bateman went. Uh, what, what number did he go? Uh, twenty-seven to the Ravens. They got their yes, he did. One. Yeah, so I mean, you still got Rondell Moore, um, Terrace Marshall, who I love. Um, love Terrace Marshall. Yeah, um, Elijah Moore still on the board. Elijah Moore, yeah. Um, um, he's going to be a steal for someone. Um, I could see him excelling in like uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks offense, just running underneath. Yeah. Go ahead. I didn't know. I didn't know that you had more. I'm sorry. No, I don't. Go Um, ahead. I also love the kid out of Oklahoma State, uh, Tylen Wallace. He's going to be a really solid wide receiver too to start off. Maybe. Um, We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I, there's just a lot of talent left on the board. The fact that uh, JOK is still there is crazy. Um, I, oh, I'm, not, to God. <laughs> I, I'm, I I'm not God. I'm not surprised that uh, all the safeties made it to round two. Uh, I know a lot of people were talking about uh, some of the teams that, like, the Jaguars needed safety help. None, none of the this year's safeties, I think, should have went in the first round. So, I, good on the NFL for not taking them. Uh, I think Mo Rigg will go off the. I think Mo Rigg might be the first player off the board. He's going to go um, one or two. I, I think yeah. if I'm the Jets, in all honesty, and I was going to talk about this in a minute, and we can expand later. If I'm the Jets, I take whichever guy, uh, whichever defensive guy the Jaguars don't take, either uh, Owusu Korma or or Mo Rigg, either or. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, and then um, JC Horn at eight. We sort of talked about. I yeah, just, that, I didn't see that, it. That, I think that was a bad pick. Like I love JC Horn, and he is top ten talent. That's just not what the Panthers needed. Uh, they they could have gone a multi multiple different ways and ended up taking Horn, who I guess is really good. But I just disagree with the pick. I guess. Yeah, no, I I think it's too. It was too early for him. I mean, I even thought ten for certain was a little too early. Uh, these these aren't your corners that we've seen in the past that. Um, are like straight up lockdown corners, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but, I, in all um, honesty, I think they would have been better off taking Rashawn Slater, or they could have got Micah Parsons to fill in for Luke Keekley. Uh, did I? Like I said, I didn't watch it. Did Tevin Jenkins get drafted in the first round? No, uh, that's he's why. Gonna, yeah, yeah, he he he's going to be one of the first off the board. Uh, we, we're, I was we, I was surprised the Ravens didn't take him at thirty one then. Yeah. To fill in for Orlando Brown, I thought that's exactly what it was going to be. Yeah, well, he's he's still on the board. Um, I don't know uh, who who would who, your top three teams uh, like who who would you say give the get the get the best grade so far? I mean, it's hard not to say someone like the Jaguars because they got Trevor Lawrence, and then. Uh, we, like I said, we're probably we could start speeding through the picks after this, but like it's hard to like understand. I guess the ETN pick at twenty five because they have James Robinson. He accounted for fourteen hundred yards last year. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. And then Urban Meyer's like, yeah, we we have Robinson and uh, Hyde are going to be our one two punch, and then ETN is going to be our third down back. Like he, he's like, we want to be top eight in the league for rushing. I'm like, then get linemen. Yeah, like, <laughs> like it, it just, getting another running back is not going to help. Like if they took Tevin Jenkins, you could be protecting uh, Trevor Lawrence and opening up an edge for James I, Robinson. I I fully believe that 
Urban Meyer wanted to literally draft Lawrence and then was going to let Lawrence handpick who he wanted next. Uh, I think that's kind of what they went into the draft doing, um, which still, I, it, Travis Etienne didn't deserve to be in the top 50, let alone the top first round. So I know you think differently, but I mean. I, I would have took him in the second. I I was rethinking my choice of him at 23. He just, um, he just doesn't do any – he's so well-rounded that he doesn't do anything great. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and honestly, for Jacksonville, like, you can find your third down back in the seventh round if you want to. Like Exactly. Like I said, I think this was clearly Urban Meyer being like, Trevor, who do you want? And it, that's who they got. Yeah. Uh, but – Whatever. I, I think they I think they did pretty well, um, other than Etienne. But then again, if you get the second best player in the draft, that kind of helps. Um uh, I really like I said, I really liked Atlanta's pick. Um I guess Kyle Pitts is uh, he was the best player in the draft for me. And uh I mean the Bears, uh yeah, I, I gotta give I gotta give them some respect. Um and I gotta hate on them at the same time. I mean, what are they doing? This is reminiscent of two thousand sixteen when they drafted him out to Trubisky, but had Mike Glennon. Like, like well, I, I, I respect the trade to move up. Like, I think that's a good idea, but like, I just, it, I think it, the thing that throws you just signed off, Andy Dalton for $10 million. Like, well, the thing that throws me off is yes, you just signed Andy Dalton and like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And it's $10 million, but you also just traded for Nick Foles, who has a $9 million cap hit. So that's $19 million in veteran quarterbacks, and now you're getting Justin Fields, which I think Fields could be the quarterback of the future for them, at least for the next you know five years because that's his contract. But you, you can't have $20 million invested in Andy Dalton and Nick Foles to sit on the bench. And now you're going to have to trade Foles because you're not going to trade Dalton because he just got there. Now you got to find a team to take on Foles, who no one's going to want him for $9 million. Yeah, I mean, they're better off just cutting him. Or, I mean, I got, I don't know as much about, like, because I'm thinking, like, more of the NBA, they'll trade away his contract for something. But the NFL, I know, isn't like that. I don't know. They're going to have to do some work to get him off their books. Um, that's, I mean, and the funniest part about that is, is, Maybe if you combine Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, like they might be as good as Justin Fields could be. But even if you combine Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, and Nick Foles, they're not better than Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, (laughs) like I said, uh, Fields needs some time to grow into it. I respect the move up. Uh, But at the same time, it's just like, did you look like – did you look in the looking glass and see yourself from five years ago? And you're just like, that worked really well. I want to do it again. <laughs> like, I, like I, I just can't believe it. But I mean, like I said, they got their quarterback. So I'll respect it. Um, yeah. What do you think of Smith at 10 to the Eagles, the trade up with the Cowboys to get Devonta Smith over the giants? I mean, we talked about it. it I just, I, Devonta Smith is so thin. Like I just, he's not a one him. And all honesty, I look at him and I kind of see Jalen Rager in all honesty. Like they're kind of the same guy. He's so rail thin. And I mean, he is fast. Don't get me wrong, but he's not like, 
um, Henry Ruggs or Jalen Waddle fast. Like he's fast, but he's not that fast. So he's not gonna be able to just run by people. And I would say probably out of the 32 teams in the NFL who have two corners that both of their corners are probably faster than uh, Devonta Smith. And like I said, he's just going to get broken in half. Like, yeah, well, you, you can't throw across the middle with him. Yeah, I, they said it last night. and Or they said this quote, and then I responded last night. They're like, yeah, when he catches the ball, he just doesn't get touched. And they showed a bunch of clips of him getting a screen pass and then going untouched the ends of 40 yards. That will not happen in the NFL. That was because you're Alabama playing the rest of the SEC. This is the NFL. Everyone is his cal- his caliber at this level. He's going to get beaten up and he's going to be out of the league. Yeah, I, I mean I I mean I guess the Eagles were in a no-win situation because I mean at that position you have to take the receiver um who's like I guess what you think is the third or fourth best in the league, but I mean he was the last receiver for a while i mean there, there there was a gap between him and bateman i think i there, there was a point where i thought devonta smith might drop to the 20s and i like i said i i don't know if i was in the top if, if i was in the top 20 if i would have taken him i i just don't think he's going to be able to last and uh um yeah uh so, so and then who, the, who, did, the, did the jets they did no the jets didn't they took uh who took elijah vera tucker the jets you guys said three first round picks. We so I was gonna get there after we talked about the next two picks. Basically, the Jets traded up from twenty three to fourteen with Minnesota, and I started going crazy because I thought we just traded up for Najee. I watched. I was on live with Ryan, and I was I was disappointed because like it's not a flashy pick, but like you look at the pick and what the Jets are building on their line. And you have to get excited. Like it's very apparent that they're trying to build up the line that Zach Wilson had at BYU, but better. So now you're getting Vera Tucker. He could play the guard or he could play the other tackle spot opposite Becton. And I was going to get to this later too, but with that second round pick, you could potentially get Jenkins and you could just have Becton Jenkins and Tucker inside. And that is a very scary offensive line. So I, I like the move. I am a fan of the move and the trade. What a trade by Joe Douglas. He took the two picks that we got from Seattle in the Jamal Adams trade, the first and the third, and then he threw in our third round pick and got 14. So he jumped up. Uh, what is that? Nine spots? 11? Yeah, nine spots. Jumped up nine spots and got a fourth round pick back. Like that is just that is a really solid trade by him to move up and get a guy that's going to be a, a focal point on the line. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. I I, I don't know. I'm just I, I'm drafted out right now, but uh, I I don't know. You want to go? Let's go to the second round. Who? I mean, we've obviously already talked about it. I mean, well, just I I, I, I would be shocked if Coromoa didn't go. Okay, whatever. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say like. Just to talk, I, I wanted to talk real quick about a few of the reaches and a few of the questionable picks that came in the second half of the draft, and I'll just pose mm-hmm. them to you, um, and we'll get your take on it. Um, Parsons right. was a steal at at twelve. 
and Slater were the two picks in between. So then from the Jets down was really where we started seeing a lot of questionable picks. I I I, I don't know if Parsons was a steal. I but the fact that he good, traded down. It was a good pick. Uh, I don't know how well his game is going to translate to the NFL. Uh, I, I mean, he can't cover anyone. I mean, he wasn't utilized in that sense at Penn State. I think he does have the ability to. Uh, but they Wait, really what, okay, needed him. Okay, my question then, what makes you think he has the ability to, considering he's never done it? He did it like a, a bit up there, but they really used him as a blitzer. I don't know. I, I think that just his physical abilities as an athlete are going to make it so that he can at least keep up with people and make it harder for them to catch it. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, no, I, I hear I hear you. I, I mean, I, I, I think it was a good pick, but – I mean, I, I just it, – it's way too early to take a middle linebacker. I mean, well, the outside fact that line. he's going to be – the fact that he's going to be entering into a linebacking core with Jalen Smith and uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, he can kind of rotate between both because Van Der Esch is a really solid covered linebacker. Jalen Smith is a blitzer, so, like, he can kind of just rotate between the two. I think he's good middle ground between the two. Okay. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I'll take it. I, I really don't have much to go off of. I just p- positional value wise, I don't value middle linebacker as much. I mean, I saw the Browns win eleven games this past year, and true, they they just really never had a true middle linebacker. So that's um, fair. But then, then again, it also it also really depends on um, what uh, what what scheme you play. I mean, because. That I still think – I mean, Micah Parsons, if he turns into like a Luke Keekley or um, some of the other middle linebackers that have been good in the past, uh, um, he's still very useful. I just think middle linebackers aren't used uh, – like they used to be coverage more. Like I remember when Brian Erlacher – I mean, they uh, Chicago used to run the Tampa 2, and Brian Erlacher would have to cover like 20 yards straight back. And he did, he was really good at it, but uh, yeah. So, I, like I said, I don't hate the pick. I think he could turn into, uh, I mean, one of the best middle linebackers in the league. Just positional value wise, for me, I I don't think I think middle linebacker is one of the more positions that are slipping in sure. positional value than other ones. Like enough. I think outside linebacker is, I mean, they take like they take like cornerbacks now and turn them into blitzers. So, uh, yeah. All right, keep going. Um, so then Rashawn Slater, uh, you and I were both high on him. I talked about him in top 10. So absolute steal for the chargers. Uh, then the jets traded up for Tucker, um, Mac Jones. I mean, they, this was their guy. They were talking about trading into the top 10 to get him. And then they saw the slip on fields in him. So they didn't move up. I mean, Mac Jones to the Patriots kind of been talked about for a little while now. I'm not really surprised. Yeah, um, but do you think he Mac Brown to the Patriots or not Mac Brown? Mac <laughs> Jones to the Patriots. Um, it almost seems like looking back on it, I mean, he was their only choice. Like 100%. so, I mean, like you can say that there's rumors of him going there, uh, like in the past. But I mean, he's still the fifth best quarterback in this draft, and like. Yes, I think the Patriots got a little bit lucky, but I'm not gonna like cry yeah. about it because I don't I don't know if Mac Jones is that good. Uh, I don't so either. We'll 
Uh, if there was a quarterback going to New England, I had hoped it was Jones. Yes. So. Oh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> if it was one of those five, uh, oh, I don't know if you saw, but when Chicago is picking Justin Fields, I don't know who took over Twitter, but uh, somehow Kyle Trask started being mentioned with it. <laughs> and like everywhere I was looking and I was like, I, feel, I like it was everywhere. And I was like, there's no way they're going to take Kyle Trask with the 11th pick. There's no, no way. way. And luckily they didn't. But like for a good two minutes, I was like going over my head. I was like, "This is this might be the worst trade slash pick of the history of the NFL." This might even be worse than trading up one spot for Trubisky. <laughs> yes, uh, which which I mean, we'll obviously talk about it throughout the summer and to training camp. And but once again, it is just it is just incredible that the Bears literally did exactly the same thing they did five years ago. It's unbelievable, but. Hey, uh, I don't know. The Bears, the the 85 Bears were good at one point, but that's about it. So, yeah. Um, When I I saw Kyle Trask trending, I was like, this this can't be real. I'm living in a fake world. (laughs) I can't believe I didn't see that. I tried staying off. So, what I did last night was I turned my phone on Do Not Disturb because I was getting the pick faster than my TV was giving it to me. So, that's why I didn't catch a lot of anything. Well, I, like I said, I didn't watch much of the draft, but uh, I, apparently people said they didn't show as many people taking calls as to like ruin the pick. Uh, yeah. So I guess I respect them for that. But I, uh, yeah, I was cool with it. Uh, yeah, but, but, but back to Mac Jones. It's uh, I mean, if he turns out well in Belichick system, I mean that's it is what it is. Uh, they have they got the fifth best quarterback, so whatever. So after the Mac Jones selection at 15, I personally felt the next five picks were sort of questionable. Like some of them are justifiable, but I would still question uh, their choices over other guys on the board. So we kind of touched on Zayvon Collins a little bit to Arizona. Yeah, it was a little I, early. I still think they should have took Newsom. Like uh, I agree, a and b. It's almost like I I I expected the, the picks. 15 through 20 to be pretty good. And then after that, it was going to like crumble and fall apart. I think all basically every pick from 15 to 20 really could have been picked 25 to 32 or 27 to 32 or something like that. Uh, I mean, hopefully some of these guys end up working out, but like I said, it it, it was not, you're a hundred percent right. And it was not what I expected with uh, the five picks before pick 20. Yeah, Zayvon Collins. Any thoughts? I mean, any other thoughts? I I, I like Zayvon Collins, and it just uh, but it comes back uh, to positional value for me. And um, looking at it from the Browns' point of view, I'm happy they didn't get him. I think he has the chance to be really, really good. Um, he'll need to work on uh, blitzing uh, a lot better. And uh, I heard he's going to be Hassan Reddick like replacement. Yes. He, he, yeah. And when I was thinking about like uh, pro comparisons yesterday, cause I was giving out my last mock uh, Hassan Reddick came to mind when I thought about Zayvon Collins, just because it, he, he's going to be different from Hassan Reddick and the fact that he actually can cover a little bit. Uh, I would say he's probably one of the better coverage linebackers in this draft, but he also did that at Tulsa, which is, I mean, yeah, not uh, top. Not you're not you're not going against uh, you know Kyle Pitts and things like that in the slot. So yeah, he's gone. He's gonna definitely be going up against better talent than he's ever seen. 
Um, then I think the biggest surprise of the first round, Alex Leatherwood at 17 to the Raiders. Typical Mike yeah. Mayock pick, man. I mean, Jesus. It's, it's unbelievable. It, it, it is unbelievable. Like some I, I people said he I was a late I first. Even, I, I don't I don't have words that can describe how dumb the Raiders are. <laughs> like it is incredible. They you I mean just look at all their offseason moves. They signed Kenyon Drake. Oh, like horrible horrible signing. Alex Leatherwood, they probably could have gotten in the second round either if they a would have traded up or there's a possibility he falls to them considering Actually, Liam considering Liam Eichenberg, uh Tevin Jenkins and all those guys I mean I guess it's hindsight is 2020 but all those guys are still available so going with Alex Leatherwood like I I said I think we agreed on it earlier I think there's going to be a short leash on um uh Derek Carr uh for Mariota I think there should be an incredibly short reach uh, leash on John Gruden and Mike Mayock. Like if they start out like two and four, two and three, I know uh, Gruden's deserve that money, but like not deserve he's owed that money, but uh, you got to get rid of him. I mean, he's done literally nothing right in. in Well, and what was the quote when he got signed? He was like, if we don't win, I'll give the money back. Where's the money. You haven't done anything since you've been here except waste years on talented players careers you know and, and alex leatherwood i the the stat i was going to give you was there was some like analytics involved or something that i was i was talking with two of my buddies i was on a zoom call with someone had worked out there was a 64 percent chance he would have been there for them at 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 the second round pick that they had 64 percent chance that he was there and they took him in the first and and honestly, even if you are a GM and Make Mayock is a dumb GM, but he I assume he has common has common sense. Um I, I just don't know why they jumped the gun on him. Like he he declined he de- his play declined at Alabama the past couple of years, basically. Um he probably looked good in a lot of film this year because he was blocking for a Heisman Trophy winner, the um I forgot what word is the Maxwell Trophy winner, uh, uh, Najee Harris. So I, I actually didn't even see that they picked him last night. I was looking through the picks over this morning, and I thought I, I thought I messed something up when I saw him at seventeen. <laughs> I was like, like what? Like the, it, it, it reminds me of the- just even even looking at it, like in between all the other picks, it's just like this does not fit at all. One of these things is not like the yes. other. <laughs> yes, it's unbelievable. Like I can't, I, like I can't believe Mike Mayock is still a GM. I, I can't. Uh, it's crazy. Then at eight, uh, and this is all, by the way. Like if you wanted to go tackle, which I think they should have, because they let or traded away the basically the entirety of their offensive line. Christian Darisaw is on the board. He was a guy that was going top fifteen. Yeah, I, I, I it's crazy to me. I, then, I, I'm not as high on Darisaw as a lot of people are, but I was definitely higher on Darisaw than I am on Leatherwood. Just putting aside the fact, like I, I, I'm high on his potential, but his his floor is not the best. He's just a really big dude, and he's kind of like a wall. 
which he's like Cam Robinson. He's he's Cam yeah. Robinson. Yeah. yeah. I, I, but like his ceiling he, could be better he's a, too. He's a, he's a, he's a homeless man's Mackie Becton. Yeah. And like, but he has the potential to not be Becton, but like definitely kind of like reach the realm like that. Yeah. But like and he's putting aside the, whether you like think he's, he's greater or going to be great or not. He's just the best tackle on the board unanimously. Yeah. I, well, clearly not unanimously, but <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I, I, we honestly, we should. There should be like an asterisk next to anything, like any NFL writer says that says unanimously or something like that. There just <laughs> needs to be an asterisk, Except and then at Mike the bottom, <laughs> yeah, at the bottom, they're like asterisk means. Oh, this the Raiders opted out of this one. Of course, the they Raiders did. They, they weren't a part of our poll. thirty-one team. Thirty-one <laughs> teams were anonymous, but the Raiders. You know what? We, we just. They're the outlier. They're they're the permanent outlier. They're here to just um, mess up everyone's ranks. <laughs> yeah. So well, uh, that, that pick was weird. I uh, yeah, it was weird. Well, and once he fell, I I thought Miami at eighteen would have took Darisaw because they just took uh, a wide out. And now they're going to take somebody you would think to protect Tua. Like I said, lefty going to the left side and everything. And uh, they said even last night, Daniel Jeremiah was the one I was watching doing the commentating and everything. Um, he was like, yeah, Darisaw's a natural left tackle. And he actually, I think, mentioned Beckton's name in the same like, thing. So I was like, oh, they'll definitely take Darisaw. They ended up taking Jalen Phillips, which I thought was a little bit of a reach. But, I mean, you're adding more pieces to that young Dolphins defense. And like like we talked about on the on the mock draft shows, just trust the process. I mean, they, they've been doing such a good job building the team and building up the defense. I, I'm not truly mad about it. I was just a little surprised. Well, we talked about it a little bit, and um, this was a very weird draft in the fact that we really didn't have one or two dominant defensive ends. Um, so I thought this draft, or not defensive ends necessarily, but edge rushers. I mean, we've had, I, I mean, there had, I, I assume there's been two in the top five almost for every, every year of the past five years. So, I think Washington took advantage of that. And I think that's going to be the new model to build um, a young team is you go defensive line and then you build from there, which is actually, I think incredibly smart. Cause if, I mean, if you look at Washington's, uh, Washington's defensive line next year with uh, Montez sweat, chase young and Jonathan Allen, I mean that, that should be the mold that you're looking to uh, do as a, um, a young defense. Now, I don't think Jalen Phillips is as good as uh, either of those guys, but um, he fell. He was always going to fall, I guess. And uh, but I, I, I thought the Browns might take him at twenty six. So uh, yeah. it's a little bit of a reach, but um, at least it's not Rousseau. If they would have drafted Rousseau this early, <laughs> I think people would have lost their minds. Yeah, especially mid first. We'll we'll hear Rousseau's name once we get to the end of the first here. Um, speaking of Washington, they ended up taking Jamin Davis, a guy who flew up the boards in recent weeks. I'm going to put it out here now. I don't love the pick. I am not a big Davis fan. I didn't think he should be in the first, but Washington building on that defense is scary to think about if you're an NFC East fan. Yeah, but they didn't, they, that's not the defensive player they should have drafted. Um, I agree. uh, Weird, but uh, um, <laughs> they, they should have took on. one of they should have took one of the corners, or they should have took Quiddy. Yeah, 
Yeah, Quiddy Pay. I mean, I guess you don't really need to build that offensive line anymore. I mean, honestly, I thought if one of the teams was going to trade up for a quarterback, I I would have given Washington credit for it because their mm-hmm. team is good enough right now. And granted, they did play they do play in the worst division in the NFL. Like I understand that, um, but they as lucky as it was, they did make the playoffs last year. And uh, I mean, if you give them a, a viable quarterback uh ryan fitzpatrick's the starting quarterback yeah yeah well but they need they need to draft someone though because ryan fitzpatrick is only good when someone is breathing down his neck usually got a two-year extension i'm like they have it built up they're set (laughs) but uh, yeah uh, more more about davis is i mean it just goes a back to my positional value thing i don't value middle linebackers that high and Jamin Davis, first of all, I don't know how – is it Jamin? Is he jamming out? Is it Jamon? Is it Jamin? Yeah, Jamin? exactly. I think Jamin. Jamin. Now, luckily, if the Browns had drafted him, I would have had to look that up. Now I don't have to, and I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, he he rose up draft boards. Um, I, I tried to get to behind the reasoning by it, uh, behind it. I, I honestly think the reasoning behind it was – there was a there's a steep drop off between Micah Parsons at the middle linebacker and the rest of the middle linebacking prospects. Um, so I, I didn't like this pick. They could have gone in many different directions. I thought would have been better, um, which sucks because I think for the first time, Washington football fans can, after last year, we're like, okay, at least we're building towards something. And even though Jamadezus doesn't mean they're not building towards something. I think they could have made a much better pick that would have made their fans happy and would have worked out better for them. Yeah, especially the corner because the secondary was the one weak spot on that defense. If the hey. if the line couldn't get to the quarterback, then the corners were getting burnt. Hey, anyone uh, from this pick, from Washington's pick to 26 that didn't take a corner, I think they made great choices. <laughs> I think all of them made great choices. Oh, but you did say Zayvon Collins. Um, that surprised me a lot. Yeah, uh, at sixteen, I, I was I, I was big on him for a while until I realized that I'm smarter than that, and the Browns are going to run a four-two-five, so they don't really need a linebacker. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I I was looking at him. Um, Zayvon Collins, like I said, coverage guy uh, can probably find off the blitz. Very odd that Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa is still on the board uh, when I think he is literally just the better version of um, Collins. Collins, yeah. Uh, so it didn't make much sense to me. And uh, Owusu Koromoa, uh, I mean, he, he's more of a guaranteed thing than I think uh, uh, Collins is. And uh, he played tougher competition. So, uh, yeah, David Collins, I like him, but I thought it was way too early. Uh, once again, I, I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do next year. Uh, they don't have a secondary. so um, Yeah, they're going to have to address that in rounds two and three probably. And, um, I mean, we'll talk about it, but there are some still some really good corners out there yeah. who I would expect to get picked up pretty soon. Right. And then, obviously, we talked about the Giants at 20, the finish off the five-round sputter of the draft. Kadarius yeah. Tony. I mean, Jesus Christ. You like I said, you you literally made the trade that you were looking to make, and you had the guy that you still wanted on the board, and you're like, nah, I'm going with the second or third best wideout on the board. 
like I said, oh. like I, I, I feel like Daniel Jones must have said something. But then I look at Daniel Jones and I'm like, he's not. That's that not the type. That, yeah, yeah, he's not the type of guy that's going to go into like dig into the New York media and do that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it just it didn't make sense. Uh, it it didn't make sense when I saw it mocked to at, at twenty to the Bears. Really, it didn't make sense to me then. So. Yeah, this makes no sense. The Giants had the ability to probably pull off one of the best drafts we've seen in the, maybe the last five years, five, six years. Um, and they, they, I mean, they, they just didn't even show up for the test. They just skipped it. Yeah, like, I mean, like if they took Quiddy Pay, this would have gone down as an absolute steal for the Giants. Trading yeah. away your 11 pick for nine spots, getting a first, a third, and whatever else they got. And yeah. you still get the guy that you were you were talking about to taking at eleven. I mean, it would have been it would have been a fleece. It would have made Dan Dave Gettleman's name not a joke anymore. And instead, yeah. he makes it even more of a joke than it already is. Yeah, it. it I I wonder if like uh, they they just didn't. I wonder if they thought that the because up to that point, defensive ends weren't really coming off the board. Uh, I mean. Like I said, but we, we didn't really have a lot of them, but they were coming off the board. So I wonder if maybe, which this doesn't make sense either, if they were thinking maybe take a shot on Tony right now and then in the second round and third round pick up your defensive ends, which doesn't make sense because it should be the opposite way around. You want to pick up your defense and then you can reach for a receiver in the later drafts. Well, yeah, especially uh, this year because the wideouts are deep. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like you said, these last five picks were, uh, they were kind of a clusterfuck. Like it was like, what, what is going on? And, uh, it's only fitting that it ends with maybe the most that the five pick run ends with maybe the most questionable pick of all of them. So, yeah. Then we get uh, back to normalcy at 21, the, the Colts draft quitty pay They're They're finding I, Justin I, Houston's replacement. I mean, uh, yes. And I think, I 100% think the Colts were going to go with Newsom until Quiddy Pay didn't get picked up by the Giants. So thank you, Giants, once again. Um, you helped me out. But, uh, no, I, I honestly I honestly think uh, that when Quiddy Pay wasn't picked, they were they, they probably sprinted to the stage and gave that pick. I mean, that's, yeah, that, they, that's they a steal. That's a steal for Indy. I mean, now – I mean, Indy was good last year. Um if, if Carson Wentz can somehow, you know, you keep telling me he's going to reignite his career, um, they're going to be a tough out in the AFC. Yeah, well, and in all honesty, I didn't think they were going to go Newsom. I thought they were going to go with the guy that the Titans took at 22, which is the pick next, uh, Caleb Farley. Uh, they had the ability to let, let him try and get healthy and play up to the level because of their secondary. Uh, but like you said, once once Pay was still on the board, there was no way they were they were going to pass on him. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I think he fell to them. Yeah, and then and then going on to Caleb Farley, uh, I think Caleb Farley could be the best corner out of this draft class uh, down the down the line. Personally, um, I just wasn't willing to. Even if he would have fallen to twenty six, I would have rather had a receiver or something. I'm just not staking my first round on another corner who has injury problems. I mean, granted, Green Williams is second round pick, whatever, same thing. Um, I, we don't need any more injuries. And considering that Denzel Ward 
while it's probably when he's on the field, the top five, top six, top seven corner in the league, he is also a twig. So um, yeah. I, I need at least one corner on the team that I can pretty much guarantee is healthy. 16, yeah. 16 games. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a great pick by the Titans. Uh, they let go of a Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler. Um, yeah. The, the, uh, the only thing that makes me question this is they did sign Clowney last year after his injury. So they must've gotten all good news from every like perfect news, basically from Farley's doctors, because I can't, I mean, I guess I can, but it would not make me happy if I was a Titans fan and they uh, spent their first round pick on a guy who's likely to get injured. Um, but then again, if they got, if they got all checks from the medical people, then it's a great, it's an incredible pick. Yeah. If they got all the checks, it's a great pick. And the only thing I would say is Clowney had it, the injury history in the NFL, whereas Farley had it in college and they're hoping that now that he's in the NFL and now that he's had like whatever surgeries or whatever he's needed, they're hoping that that's going to fix the problems. Whereas I would argue Clowney was healthy in college and then once he hit the NFL, just couldn't string together more than seven games in a season. So I don't think that that really would have scared him off, especially like you said, if if their doctors were all good with it. So I think it's yeah. a good pick, especially I, to it, fill a need. Yeah, I mean, you're if he stays healthy and um, everything like that, you're looking at what could be the best corner out of this draft class. He physically, he would he is my favorite corner. He's six two. He's smooth. He's long. Um, and we'll get to Newsome, obviously. Mm-hmm. We'll get to Newsome, obviously. Um, but yeah, Caleb Farley is is your prototypical uh, NFL cornerback in today's day and age. Right. So um, that's good. Then at twenty three, the Vikings take Darisaw, who I had mocked to them at fourteen. Um, so I think this is an absolute steal. We already kind of talked about Darisaw, Mecky Beckton yeah. Light. Um, good pick for them. I just. I want to see I, – I got to see him play. Uh, I don't know yeah. enough about him. Um, uh, he could – I mean, Virginia Tech puts out good guys, uh, so uh, he could be good, and I hope he is good. Um, but like I said, I just don't know uh, how good he is. Uh, I would say I don't think he's a – like a um, Hall of Fame left tackle, um, but you never know. So, Kills yeah, I mean – Which is important. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, once again – Picks 15 through 20 set up picks 20 through 32 to be 99% good. So yeah. <laughs> uh, basically it is funny now that you mentioned that all of the question marks in this draft were basically taken from 15 to 20. Yeah. So, uh-huh. or not all of them, but a lot of them. So yeah. yeah well, uh, and a lot of like the big ones, like we say, Oh, the, the, the choice of, of chase and waddle over Sewell or uh horn over certain or, or, like those are minimal because those guys are all like top 12 yeah. talent. This is very different from 15 to 20. And that really shaped the landscape of the draft. Yeah, no, um, I, I hope the aerosol works out. Obviously you got to keep um, Kirk and Delvin. Uh, what's that? Um, Delvin cook. Yeah. Delvin. You got to keep him healthy. Um, uh, Cause you never Hopefully. know how many, year, how many more years he has in him. Uh, there's, yeah. I mean, Every year, it just seems like there's tread on the tires. Uh, but then uh, now uh, we will go into pick twenty four, and we can talk and twenty five. We can we can block these together. Uh, but we can talk about twenty four first, and how I'm going to have nightmares about Najee Harris for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 
the longer that went on, I just was more and more confident that's exactly what it was going to be. And hey, the Steelers made the right choice. Uh, they did. So I give them credit. I give them credit for that. I'll give the. I'll say this: the Steelers made the right choice at twenty-four. The Jaguars made the wrong choice at choice at twenty-five. Yeah, like I said, I I'm a little more of a fan of ETN than you are, and even I was scratching my head on that. I mean. I like ETN, but but the fact Meyer was like, oh my God, he's going to be our third down back. He's going to be great. He's going to do this and that. And I'm like, you guys have James Robinson. He ran for over 1,000 yards and accounted for 1,400 yards. So you know he could catch the ball. James Robinson is literally a workhorse back that those do not exist in the NFL anymore. And you're like, eh, we have one, but we're going to get uh, Trevor Lawrence's college friend. Yeah, like, no, I mean, if if they end see, up trading James Robinson, it's fine. But like you, you cannot have both of them and expect both of them to be good. It's just it's a waste of talent. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, Trev, I mean this this reminds me of when the Browns drafted uh, Duke Johnson like 10, 12 years ago, and they literally drafted him in I think the first or second round, and yeah, he's gonna be our third down running back, and he's it was a great third down running back. And he actually has had. Had a couple of good years uh, in Houston. Um, I just don't know if that's the like. I look at running back like it, basically. I look at the Jaguars. It's like a whole new dynasty. They're starting over right now this year. I don't value running back as high as they maybe they do. Um, but uh, or maybe they just thought they couldn't pass him up, uh, pa- pass on him. Uh, in the first round, so I, I don't know. But um, yes, Najee Harris, great pick. Um, Etienne, we'll see what he turns into. Um, but yeah, uh, he's tough to cover out of the backfield, but we'll see what he turns into. Yeah. Well, and with that, we get to number 26, the hometown Browns landing a guy. No one thought was going to get down to him. Greg Newsom, the second, give it to me, JB. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, I wrote an article this morning. Um, patience, patience is a virtue. Um, uh, I got to give Andrew Barry credit. Uh, there were multiple times during the first round where I was like, "All right, let's trade up here. This is a perfect spot. Let's trade up here. This is a perfect spot." And um, they took the risks and played the waiting game, and it paid off for them. Uh, they ended up with what I believe is going to be probably the second best corner out of this draft. Um, in the long run, essentially, uh, he also has ball production. Um, uh, him and JC Horn are very similar. Uh, Newsom has one interception in his career, so they don't have very good ball, uh, ball production, but that's also because quarterbacks tended to stay away from them. Um, the Darrell Rivas treatment. Yeah. So, um, I think it's a great pick. He can, uh, even if he doesn't come in and start right away, uh, he'll crack the rotation. I mean, the the secondary last year, the, the secondary was the weakest part of a team that made it to uh, the AFC uh, semifinals or whatever they're called, the divisional round. Uh, and the secondary was the worst part. Now you have uh, Denzel Ward, um, hopefully Grant Delpit, who everything has been good coming out of camp from him. Um, uh, Ronnie Harrison, John Johnson, Troy Hill, who's probably going to be your slot guy. Yep. And then 
yes, depending on what Newsom does uh, or um, if uh, Greedy Williams comes back healthy. Um, I'm fine. If, if Greedy Williams comes back healthy and we can only get Newsom to, you know, swing him in the rotation, that's fine with me. Don't throw him to the fire right away if you don't need to. Um, but then again, I do think he'll be better than uh, Greedy Williams. Uh, Greedy is – He's very long and athletic, but he doesn't necessarily have the top end speed, which also worries me about Newsom. He did run a four three eight, but on his film, he doesn't look as fast as he ran. So that's going to be uh, something he needs to work on. But he can play in man and zone schemes. Um, he is physical what he needs to be, and uh, uh, yeah, it was it it. I mean, J.C. Horn was my favorite corner coming out. Uh, and maybe if this was two months ago, uh, I would have like uh, thought we had a chance with him. But ever since his pro day, he I mean, he was yeah. going to be a top 15 pick. Um, so I am perfectly happy with Newsom. Um, like I said, don't throw him to the fire if you don't have to. Uh, and we basically the Browns. Uh, it's very weird. I, I don't know what to do about it anymore. This is the first time that in my lifetime this happened. Um, the Browns took the weakest part of their team last year and now made it addressed it yeah i mean they addressed it not only i mean the browns probably have a top seven or eight secondary in the league right now i agree and it's important to have depth and i think that's something that the browns have a leg over a bunch of these other people that are ranked higher or could be ranked higher um one of those guys goes down you guys have at least one guy that can fill in I mean, it was. I mean, it was the story of the playoffs last year. Uh, we didn't have our coach, but we, uh, we still won. I mean, uh, hopefully uh, the, that'll be a conversation for another time. Hopefully, we're past testing next year and everything like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it, the Browns can go, like I said, I think they're going to mostly run a four-two-five with Delpit in uh, at the nickel, and then uh, uh, Troy Hills uh, sliding into in the slot. Um, and then you got uh, Ronnie Harrison and John Johnson deep. Uh, I, yeah, I got to give – I know I've said a lot. I got to give Andrew Barry a lot of credit. Uh, he came in here. He had a plan. Everyone thought John Dorsey had a plan. He didn't. John Dorsey's an idiot. And Andrew Barry has come in, and you got to say now, I mean, the, the, the Browns are pretty serious Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. So uh, it's, you covered everything I, I had to say. <laughs> I, I hope I hope to God this happens to the Jets in the next four years because the the rise has felt good. Um, I just hope they are able to get it done because they got about a three to four year window here right now where I think uh, they need to um, get something done. So they got um, a three to four year window on Baker's contract before they have to pay start paying out a bunch of their guys because. The, the way that the Browns are built, they they drafted a lot of high-talent guys. So you're going to have Garrett, Baker, Ward. Um, I'm forgetting uh, o- a couple o- o- other guys. I mean, o- OBJ after this year, even if he makes it to this year, OBJ will be a casualty next year uh, just because they, they won't be able to keep him on with the money. Yeah, they're going um, to have to start paying these guys out. So like, I, like you said, three- to four-year window, I think, is really the, the I, time frame. I don't think they're – Nick Chubb doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be bitching about money, um, but you're going to have to pay – yes, I mean, I, they already paid uh, Miles Garrett, um, but, I mean, his next contract could end up being one of the biggest in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I forgot, um, they, I forgot they signed him. My bad. 
no worries. Uh, but uh, like I said, Nick Chubb seems like a guy that could take a hometown discount. Uh, maybe Denzel Ward too. Uh, you're probably gonna you're gonna have to pay Baker. And yeah, I mean with Hunt, if you look at it from a logistic standpoint, the best option in one or two years is probably parting ways with one of them. Um, and you would think it would be Hunt, but uh, if Nick Chubb is drawing, you know. 20, 25 million, $20 million a year. I, I don't know if I feel comfortable paying that. Yeah. that. So in um, all honesty though, I love Nick Chubb. I'm a huge Nick Chubb fan. I loved him at Georgia. Um, I loved watching him. I love everything about his game. I think Kareem hunts a little more of a complete back. He can run the ball as well as catch. Uh, and he fits that Brown system at really well. We saw him running at RB eight uh, while Nick Chubb was out. Uh, at least fantasy wise, I think he was maybe even higher real time wise. Um, I I like Kareem Hunt too, so I I don't see how yeah. you lose with either one of them. But if you had to yeah. keep one, I feel like Hunt could be a three down guy. Uh, Hunt could be a three down guy, and there's also I mean, Chubb, Chubb could end up Chubb could never end up being a guy like a Kareem hunt could be in like that, that three bound, three down back. But I mean, we saw it last year in the playoffs. Uh, he right now, uh, uh, Chubb doesn't have a ton of experience or uh, like skills in the passing game, um, but he could develop them. And yeah. people forget uh, about Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem hunt. And uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Andy Janovich, the fullback for the Browns. Uh, they're the three top, uh, or at least two of them are, Chubb and Janovich, were the two highest graded uh, pass blockers uh, in the in in the NFL last year. So, um, and I'll be honest, it'd be Baker is good and he's really good, but he has time when he has to make quick decisions like that. It's it can either be good or bad. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, but I agree with you. I agree with you in the terms of. Uh, Hunt and Chubb right now. Right now, uh, I think, and I also think as of right now, you probably have a better uh, chance to hold on to Kareem Hunt. Um, but like I said, that's a couple of years away. Uh, I'm not going to let you bring me down, Tommy. I'm happy I'm not right now. To. I'm trying to I keep know. you on your high. You I love. I love I know, the. I know. <laughs> I know you are. Um, I, in like I said, I hope. I hope this is you in two or three years. Um, I it, hope so it, too, cool. but we do have to move on so we can finish up the first round and talk about the second. Uh, congrats on the Browns again for the absolute steal of Newsom at 25 or 26. Um, we could speed through the rest of these, uh, even though we're going to have some questions. Are you at all surprised that the Ravens at 27 took Rashad Bateman because he was still on the board? No, uh, I, am not either. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, they, they had to take a receiver, uh, they got and- a wide receiver one. Yeah, and uh, Bateman is prob- was probably their main target in the first round. Uh, I mean, he's a big, tall, strong receiver. That's exactly what Lamar Jackson needs. So I got to give him credit for that. It's a good pick. Yeah, great pick. Um, I think the most pushed back pick of the first round came with the Saints at 28 because I have never heard this guy's name thrown around. Peyton Turner, a defensive end from Houston. I... I started hearing about him yesterday um, uh, because of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, the experts had put him in. Be like, don't su- don't be surprised if he ends up in the first round later at first round. Um, I'm still surprised. 
Yes, I agree. I, I, I the, the Saints, I, I don't know what their plan is for the future. Um, they got Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Uh, and then they just took this. I mean, they did the same thing. What, uh, four years ago, uh, they traded up for a nobody. I mean, I guess they didn't trade up Marcus this year. Davenport was was not I, a I, nobody. He was a I like, Yeah, I agree, and I like Marcus Davenport and Madden. But uh, you didn't trade up to get Jadavi, or you didn't trade up to get Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa or yeah. Aaron Davenport Donald, was so. this guy at a UTEP that had a crazy combine. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I I don't know much about the guy. Uh, he went to Houston. Um, I guess maybe. That's a good news because uh, Ed Oliver went there. I don't know. Um, True. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I started seeing his name at the end of mock drafts yesterday. I uh, didn't do much research in him because the Browns weren't going to take him. So, uh, yeah, I I read a little bit about him this morning, but uh, I when think it's a to, bit of a it's a bit of a reach. When you go to nola.com, it's basically like uh, New Orleans news, basically. Saints first round draft grades. Peyton Turner gets average marks, but value is questioned. That's not really a, 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 a headline that gets people excited about their first round pick. So no, that should be no, more def- than enough to kind of explain that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, and yeah, who knows what the Saints are going to do? I mean, I, it, it's got to be tough. I mean, they've spent had Drew Brees for 10 years, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think it was like 12 because he came in like Hurricane Katrina, right? That was like 2008, 2012, or nine, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Anyway, 29, the Packers still refuse to get Aaron Rodgers any help as they take Eric Stokes out of Georgia corner to play opposite side uh, Jair Alexander. I didn't think he was either. Um, I actually like a different Georgia corner better than him. I like um, – Oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, in all honesty, I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, then keep talking. I'll figure it out. Yeah, so um, there, I, I had two Tyson, guys. T- Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell oh, out of Georgia. Is he coming? He's out this year? Yeah, Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. He is six one. He fits the Browns' mold. If they were going to – if Newsom didn't fall to them, I thought they might reach for Campbell. He's, uh, I believe, six one. He was I on the no same high school this year. Yeah, he's a, it was on the same high school team as um Patrick Sertain, uh American Heritage in Florida. Uh but yes. Well, I I like Stokes. I think that he needs some time to kind of progress as a player, but I the Packers are going to stick him in and have him play opposite Jair Alexander. Um I I thought the Saints were going to go with a guy like Rondell Moore. Um, and, and when he didn't go, I was like, oh, this is the perfect time for the Packers. He would compliment Devonte Adams. So what? And then I saw Eric Stokes literally mid sentence. I'm like, this is just, this is crazy. I could see, like I said, I could see why Aaron Rodgers wants out. They they've taken one yeah. offensive player with a first round pick over the past, what'd you say? 10 years. And it was his replacement. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, he knows what the Packers are doing, but yeah, I, uh, um, Stokes, like I said, he isn't even my favorite corner on Georgia. So, um, yeah. I mean, I hope he does well. Um, but once again, just a, a little bit of a puzzling move from Green Bay. Yeah. Um, then we move on to pick 30 
Uh, one of the, I guess, hotter takes from the draft, Gregory Rousseau going to the Bills out of Miami. Uh, he he started off strong, fell down a little bit recently into the second uh, rounds. He he was a he was an idiot, and someone told him he he needed to gain weight. Um, so he gained weight, um, and he looked good at his pro day, but um, he had trouble moving around. So that's why he dropped. Um, I guess decent pick. I don't know. Uh, I I would have liked to see him go with. Uh, I mean, maybe it been a, might have been a little bit of a reach, but Fryermuth. Um, yeah. But then again, they could they they probably might be able to find him in round two. Um, no running back to go with really. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, I guess it. They're the it, ones that got hurt the most by ETN going twenty five. I got hurt because I was hoping that he'd fall into the second maybe go to a team that doesn't have a 1,400-yard back. Um, but ETN would have fit in really well with the Buffalo offense just from the fact yeah. that they, they don't run the ball a ton and he's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield, which Buffalo could really utilize. I thought ETN was a perfect fit with Buffalo. Um, yeah, like you said, though, no running back on the board really hurts. Yeah, I mean, I think they if any team was crippled by the board in the first round, it was them. Um, I mean, they, I hope they knew that Kyle Pitts wasn't going to follow that, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we talked about it all the off season. I mean, they, they need, they need a tight end and they needed a pass catching yeah. running back and they don't have it yet. Uh, I mean, as I think about round two, I, Tuba Hubbard really isn't, um, a big threat out of the backfield. Um, uh, yeah, he, Trey, I, Sir, Trey Sermon, um, did you see he already signed with Nike? What? Really? Trey Sermon, who I don't think is going to – I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't go today in the draft. Uh, yeah, he He'll signed a deal with Nike. I think he will too, but it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't. Um, yeah, he signed a deal with Nike. Crazy. I So I, I was reading a little more into the Rousseau pick because if you remember, they took A.J. Epineza last year with their second-round pick, which was their first pick last year. And now they're taking Rousseau. I really like Epineza. I'm not a, as huge of a fan of Rousseau. But I was like, why are they going defense back-to-back? Because I was really worried about my Epineza stock in one of my dynasty leagues. <laughs> if you, you, go to, you go into Buffalo's roster, and you see their defensive line. Mario Addison's 33 years old. Jerry Hughes is 32 years old. Those are two defensive ends. Then yeah. you have Star Luatelli at 31 years old, and he's an interior defensive guy. Um. And then you also have Brian Cox is 26 and there was another 27, Mike Love, 27. They drafted the, they drafted Rousseau and Epineza to be the replacements for Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. So I sort of get it, but I feel like that just wasn't the guy to pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've said it, but I mean, it's been a weird, weird draft for defensive ends and edge rushers. Uh, like I said, I don't, I think Russo dropped mostly because he looked like a like an ogre uh, a little bit at his pro day, um, but um, I, not like ogre like look at like he I was stumbling around. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I mean I, I don't hate the pick. Um, like I said, I think they I think uh, they were the most the team that was the most crippled by the way the board fell to them. Yeah. 
And then the last two picks I was a little confused on, but like it's the end of the first round. I, I guess I'm supposed to be kind of questioning. The Ravens go with Jason Owe, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, defensive end out of Penn State. He's a he's a he's an athlete, man. I mean, he he's just a yeah of nature. So we talk about you know the problem was drafting Zach Wilson, like he's, he wasn't a captain. How are you going to draft a guy that didn't have any sacks this year? Yeah, I. Yes, he's the biggest. He he has the biggest butt in the draft. He's an athlete. He's good. But he didn't have a sack this year. As an edge How, rusher, yeah. It, I mean, if you got you got to think about it. If we're drafting an edge rusher that doesn't have a sack, what are we doing? Like that's the whole point. That's crazy. I didn't no, know that. No, I, I agree that he's athletic, and I think he will be eventually. Like at worst, he'll be a rotation guy. Uh, but it is interesting to like be like, hey, like you didn't have any sacks last year. I, so. I went to NFL.com for his little like preview thing and i scroll down the weaknesses still raw lacking starting experience that might be something slow reaction time you get down to the middle of it disappointing lack of sacks in 2020 okay yeah. <laughs> like maybe that should have been at the top guys uh the defensive end that his job is literally to get to the quarterback doesn't have any sacks so yeah uh no but like i said it wasn't a terrible pick uh he'll fit in nicely to- with baltimore yeah once you get to picks 30, 31, 32, um, I just lose track of it because then I'm all I'm worried about is I, I basically I skip picks 27 through 32 and just start looking at 33 in the second round. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, we do have to talk about 32 real quick. Buccaneers take Joe Tryon out of Washington. I have no idea uh, who this guy is. Uh, outside linebacker. Uh, early on, he was mocked to the Browns a lot. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't like him for the Browns at twenty six. He's an explosive edge player. I believe he opted out this year, um, but he's got all the makings of uh, you know your typical Washington, uh, you know, uh, defender. Uh, uh, they'll probably use him as an outside linebacker that literally strictly blitzes for the most part. Um, but it, it it is what it is. It's uh, I mean, when you bring back twenty two starters from a team that won a Super Bowl, um, it's all about building depth. And uh, who knows if if Joe, basically for the Buccaneers, if Joe Tryon comes on at any point next year and has a sack, it's a good pick for Buff or uh, Tampa Bay because they didn't need anything else. Yeah, well, and he's going to eventually replace either um, not Shaq Barrett, but the other end. I forget who it is. Is it Sue? No. no, Sue plays the middle. Sue plays the outside too sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't Whatever know, the other guy's saying. name is. Yeah. So with that, that's the end of the first round. Jacksonville, New York, Atlanta, Miami uh, are the first four picks. Who are the guys that you expected to go in the first round that ended up not? Not, not going in the first round? Yeah, who who did you expect to go that ended up not? You can't say it like that. That ended up not like you got to say ended up not going in the first round. Who did you not expect in up- the first round? You don't want to repeat yourself. <laughs> All right, then fine. Who did you expect to go in the first round but ended up not going in the first round? Thank you. That makes that, more sense. That's so repetitive. 
No, it's not. It, it, no. Okay. See, it's not. You just um, said it's not. You, you you didn't say it's not repetitive. Stop. Stop. Um, uh, JOK is going to go off the board. Uh, first two. One points. of those five. I, I, I would take him first. Uh, like we talked about, Morig should go top five. Um, and then who else do we have? We have the Jets, uh, Falcons. I The Falcons, I would think uh go defense um i will say though though if there is a chance that any quarterback is drafted here uh i would say i think it's uh the falcons that would be doing it um i don't know who they would go for because i think a lot of teams have uh kellen mond rated higher than um kyle trask yeah, so it would not surprise me if someone either hops in or trades up to get one of those guys. Yeah, um, I, I could see I, Denver I actually, at 40. I actually like Kellen Mond, I think, better than Kyle Trask. So I do too. I've been saying it since February. I didn't know he wasn't left-handed in February, so yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> um, so they, they, those two will definitely uh, – th- those guys will definitely go early. Um I don't know. Who, I think, else, who, who else is on the board? Uh, I think the biggest two surprises for me were Tevin Jenkins falling out of the first round. Obviously, Cor- uh, Koromoa. Yeah. Koromoa is obviously the biggest. I, I had him as high as like 15, I think. It, in but most- it, doesn't, it doesn't shock me completely that he didn't go in the first round because he's a bit of a – where is he going to play in the NFL? You don't know for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's a I think a lot – yeah, I think a lot of teams would like to bring him in and do the Isaiah Simmons thing and the uh, uh, the guy from the Chargers. I can't think of his name. Uh, do that, yeah, do that with him, and I think that could work out. But he he's not a game. I mean, that, yeah. drafting someone in the first round like that, and maybe with a question mark next to his position. Uh, I mean, that makes I understand that. Yeah. Well, outside of of Koromoa. Tevin Jenkins falling out of the first round yeah. was a shock to me. Um, I, I thought Asante I, I, Samuel would have gone at the end of the first round over Eric Stokes. Um, Creed Humphrey, I think, is is the second best interior alignment in this draft. And then, uh, obviously, Morig we talked about. And a guy that got a lot of hype this year, or at least uh, in the past couple of weeks, Azizo Jolari fell out of the first round. Yeah, um... So the, the the first five picks are Jacksonville, um, New York, Jets. Atlanta. I, I know. Miami, so I, I would assume that Jacksonville goes with a, a lineman here. I, I I would think they'll probably take Jenkins and all. That's honesty. what I was thinking. I, I think they'll take Jenkins. Uh, I know you guys took AVT. So if we but I, look. I, if you guys, if if Jenkins fell to you, it uh, we have that's to, a, dude. that's that's a great pick. Yeah, that's we huge. have to. If if we have Beckton, AVT, and Jenkins, like that's just that's such a good line. Oh, it, okay. Let's not let's not jump the gun. It's the basis for the good. Such a I know good they're line. all young, but like they're better than what we have. Like our our right tackle is not the best. AVT is an upgrade for any of the interior positions that he's going to play. Like that's just I, such a, a decently baseline, like you said. Yeah, and I like. I think it would be pretty tough for any of the top five picks in round two to really disappoint me. 
Um, like I said, if the Jets went like with like a random running back or something, Javante uh, uh, Williams, they, but he's not going to go with this. Yeah, with the guys left on the board, he wouldn't. <laughs> I, I mean, I I think if you're the Jets, you're in the perfect position. You're like, okay, whatever guy Jacksonville doesn't take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could uh, JOK. It could be Tevin Jenkins. Uh, did I? I did I? Eichenberg didn't go in the first he's round still on either. The board. Yeah, Eichenberg. Um, Asante Samuel, because we have some holes at corner. Pat Fairmuth is available uh, Tyson, as well. Tyson Campbell, who I like, I said earlier, I'm pretty high on. Um, Campbell Modi. Uh, I think he's better than um, Eric Stokes. Uh, yeah, I, I also wouldn't. It, it also wouldn't surprise me to see a team jump the gun and try and get in the top ten picks to draft Kyle Trask. I'd be okay trading down and getting a third because we traded away hours with the move up for AVT. Like if, if someone like the Broncos who have pick 40 wanted to trade up to 34 so that they had their pick of Mond or Trask, I would do that and take their third. Yeah, but we still know if Aaron Rodgers is playing for Denver. I, I, that's the biggest thing that I need to find out, I think, because it's just so – it's confusing the hell out of me. Like yeah. I, it, it, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, just, but, but here's my thing. They just traded for Teddy Bridgewater and they have Drew Locke. You don't want a Chicago situation because yeah. obviously the Packers are not going to be asking for a quarterback in return if they're okay with Jordan Love. You don't want a, a Chicago situation. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. could kick Drew Locke out, but you just traded traded for Teddy Bridgewater, who has a, a not uber expensive contract, but definitely one bigger than you would give a backup. Yeah. It, it's John Elway though. Uh, yeah. Like, like, like I, I think he would literally mortgage the next five years of his franchise for one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's hard to, yeah. not, it's hard to argue. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm a bit drafted out. It starts back up to again at seven tonight. Um, I don't know. Who do you think will be? Uh, I, I, I have to say, I think the first person off the board will be Jenkins. You think Jenkins, uh, in all honesty, I'm okay taking either of the two guys that Jacksonville doesn't take. If they take uh J okay, I'm glad I'm very, very grateful taking Jenkins and the way that Joe Douglas is having him be, be alignment and being as line heavy as he's been since he's been the GM of the jets. I could see it, even though taking two linemen and back-to-back picks is not necessarily the best. It worked out for the Jets when they took uh, DeBrickshaw Ferguson at four and uh, Nick Mangold at 26, I think the number was, uh, in that one draft. So I I would be very grateful to see that happen. Um, And if they end up taking Jenkins or Morig, I'm also cool taking JOK because I feel like Salah will find a, a way to utilize him. Yeah, I think uh, as for the brown, uh, as for the brown yeah, side, of things, I, 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 if so, Barmore is still on the board, correct? Yeah, he's the guy that uh, Bleacher Report has mocked to you guys at fifty nine. I mean, that's a home run. If yeah, that it, happens, yeah. that's all. I mean, if that happens, the Browns should just trade away the their last five rounds of picks and just be like, we won, we won the draft. Uh, 
I I don't love Barmore, but he is, I think, the best three-tech slash inside interior defender in the draft, and I, that really is other than linebacker, and linebacker's not as worrisome anymore because we did sign Anthony Walker. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if they could land Barmore or any of the, the top left uh, defensive tackles, that, that's huge. So uh, but. do you – I'm asking this not, like, with, with any, like, exterior reason. I'm just trying to make one last point before we go. Do you guys need an edge at all? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll get an edge, but I think it won't be till later. Um, well, because I'm, I'm just saying, if if Barmore is off the board, because I I agree with you, I think he's a very highly touted um, interior guy. I would love to see what the Browns do with a guy like Carlos Basham paired with uh, Miles Garrett. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they went edge. Um, I, I'll say this. I, I don't think anything would really surprise me. Um, Rondell Moore. But, but, but uh, I mean, the good thing that you get with especially Miles Garrett and also a little bit with uh, Clowney is, I mean, Garris, eh, Garris, Miles um, Garrett, can he can play the inside if he wants to. And I believe prob- Clowney probably can too, even though I would rather have, have, in the, have him on the outside. But I liken Miles Garrett to Aaron Donald in his ability to play inside and outside. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would be surprised if they took an edge um, right away, unless like Owusu Koromo or someone like that just absolutely falls in their laps at 59. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think. Uh, uh, I hope, like, yeah. It's, it's going to be hard for them. To, it's going to be hard for them to mess this up. I, uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I would prefer they didn't trade out of the second round, but if they did, I guess it's at the point now where I can't question Andrew Barry because everything he's done so far has worked. So, yeah. I, I just have to say, okay, Andrew, you're the boss. <laughs> All who, right, man. Who, who um, do you want the jet? Who, who do you want the Jets to go with? Uh, in all honesty, I want the Jets to trade down, like we talked about with the Broncos. I was thinking about that last night. Uh, trade down, pick up a third, and then you can get anyone who's on the board. I'd really like to see Moerig maybe slip, maybe pair him with Marcus May. Um, get like we said, Jenkins, Koromoa. Uh, but if you trade down and all those guys are gone, snagging Pat Fra- Fryermuth would, would be a dream come true. Uh, I will say uh, one guy to keep your eyes out for. Um, Elijah Molden. He yeah. is he is basically the closest thing to Tyran Matthew that uh, the NFL is going to see anytime soon. I love him. Um, I watched all of his film. Um, I think whoever gets him is getting a steal because he literally can play every position in the secondary. Um, so watch out for him uh, definitely. And uh, but I got I got to think if I have any other names. To, uh, it I, I, it's going to be interesting to see where all the wide receivers fall. Uh, I mean, you got Terrace Marshall, uh, Elijah Moore. Uh, Here, let me Moore. just pull up. I have a list of best remaining. I ended up just closing by accident. Um, we talked about Jeremiah. We talked about Morig, Javonta Williams. This is from Daniel Jeremiah, by the way. Um, Elijah Moore, wide receiver from Mississippi. I don't know who this is. Levi on Le- Levi Levi Owuzuruki. I was yeah. close. He 
Yeah, he, he's a corner, right? He's like six foot five. He's a D tackle. Oh, uh, who's the yeah. corner? Who, who, who's the corner from uh, Syracuse? Is he oh, out there? Um, let me find him. Because he's the corner who's like six four. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Because um, his the- his brother played in the Aloka. No, it's not Aloka. No, it starts with an I or something. Um, where is he? Ibrahimu or something. Uh, uh, Ifetu Melo Melifondu Wu. Ifetu Melifonwu. There he is. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I mean, honestly, if if Elijah Molden or or. Ba- or, or any of the top corner. If Tyson Campbell is still there as well, I I, I would have no problem grabbing two corners in the first round yeah. um, or the first two rounds. I, is Bolton. it the is it the dream scenario? No, I would love for Terrace Marshall to fall to them. Um, then I think then I think if Terrace Marshall or trade OBJ, yeah, then I think that you have the ability to trade OBJ. Even though I still probably wouldn't, because I think the best you were going to get for OBJ. What's going to happen last night if you were going to trade him? So a uh, little still bit hesitant on it. Um, yeah. But um, – and now they, they they don't need to trade him because I, I, I kept hearing rumors that uh, OBJ, they were, they were going to tra- trade him to New England for a package involving Stephon Gilmore. And I said they shouldn't include him. I still don't think they should include him. I think OBJ changes the way defenses have to play against the Browns. Uh, even with Jarvis Landry and Rashard Higgins and um, all the other receivers, OBJ is still going to draw a double team. So yeah. um, it helps you out. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm content and I'm happy. Uh, that could change in less than seven hours, but. Like you said though, I think it's hard for them not to mess the pickup. Um, I think with the jets being as high as they are with this much talent, it's not, Oh, we're just going to take who falls to us. Cause Literally everyone other than yeah. one person on this list is going to fall to you. Yeah, just, that's why just, I'm a fan of trading down in this situation. Just don't be the Browns in 2018, and you do a great job by drafting your drafting your quarterback, and then with a lot of talent still on the board in the second round, you draft a guard. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, a guard out a guard out in Nevada that's never played a meaningful snap in his life in the NFL. Yeah, I don't want Jalen Mayfield. I don't want Dylan Redunce from North Dakota State. I don't want Landon Dickerson from Alabama. I I'm good getting literally any defensive player or uh, uh, Tevin Jenkins or trading down. <laughs> like those those are the lists. Uh, that's the list of things that I I would be looking for with this pick tonight. I, I I think you guys should. Uh, I I have no idea what the Jets are going to do. Like you said, yeah. If unless they draft the Austin Corbett out of Nevada, uh, <laughs> I will tell you it is the worst feeling to like be like, okay, they can't really mess this up. And then as the pick pops up, you're like, wow, they messed this up. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, but but go ahead. I was going to ask, is is it round two only tonight, or is it two and three, and then four, five, and six, seven tomorrow? It's two and three tonight, and then four, five, six, and seven tomorrow. Uh, I was thinking about going down tomorrow. Uh, the weather is pretty shitty here, so I don't know if I am. I saw it on the on the TV. How, that looked gross. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> and especially, yeah, it could. 
Cleveland's painting such a beautiful picture of itself with uh, that stage and then the background of just gray fog and fluffiness of the Lake Erie. Yeah, I mean, it looks beautiful. Who would ever want to go visit Key West or anything like that? Just come to Cleveland. You can just uh, come to Cleveland. <laughs> you, can, you can you can set up your camper on the uh, on the beach and you know just go. I mean, if 40, you're there. For, for, forty degree weather at night, it gets great. Um, no, but really, of course, it had to be bad weather because the backdrop looks. It just looks miserable. I mean, if, if you if you if you just picked a picture and like, oh, name Cleveland, it was like, you know, that looks like Cleveland. So it does look like Cleveland. <laughs> um, but uh, that's all I got. Uh, I need to take a break from the draft uh, so that I can talk more about it tonight. Um, but I, I, I need to take a break. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna be driving down to my shore house tonight with my mother. Uh, so hopefully, I get down there before it starts so that I can see the jets take Landon Dickerson. Okay. Your sure. Your, your shore house. Where's that at? Uh, it's in South Seaside park. Uh, you guys yeah. heading up there for the summer? Uh, not for the summer. We usually go weekends cause I have work up here. Um, I'm going to be, I have finals next week, uh, Monday well, that, and Tuesday. Must be real nice. Real nice. That's uh, okay. Uh, I, I like uh, it. All right. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'll probably shoot you a text or something. Um, For sure. But this is, oh yeah, here, I'll play our, I'll play our out thing. We have an out thing now? Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>